Have you ever planned something that you were really excited about? And then right before you launched it, something unexpected happened that prevented that from happening? Uh, That's exactly what happened to one of my clients last week. I'm Laura Christensen, host of the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm here to help you plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business without feeling overwhelmed by the tech stuff. And this is episode number 32, titled Create a Memorable Brand Identity. And I call this a Learn with Laura episode because this is going to be a really practical episode for you, full of tips that you can begin implementing right away. I'm going to share the branding disaster that befell my client and explain to you how she adjusted on the fly. And then we're going to talk about some risks that can impact your ability to build a brand. And I'll give you some practical tips that will help you develop a memorable brand identity. Already? So here we go. My client is opening a brick and mortar retail business in her community. I've worked with her for years. I've helped her to develop her brand messaging and her visual brand aesthetic for a variety of business ventures. This time around, she asked us to design a couple of logos and a business card for her latest business venture. And my client had done her due diligence. By that, I mean, she had researched competing businesses in her area She had already decided on the look and feel for her brand. She had selected her color palette. She had developed a tagline. She had purchased a domain for her website, The Works. She had done her due diligence. So with all of this information in hand, the graphic designer on my team created an absolutely gorgeous logo for her that fit her new brand to a T. Her signage company was in the process of producing the signage that was going to go in front of her establishment. We were all ready to order business cards. And that's when one of her neighbors informed her that another new business had just opened in their small town. This other business offered exactly the same services as my client They had a similar business name, and believe it or not, they were using the same color palette and the same visual aesthetic as my client. Talk about a weird coincidence. The competing business, as I said, had already opened, whereas my client was still in the build-out stage. Talk about disappointing. She was crushed. My client didn't want it to appear as if she was copying the other new business in town. And so she decided to go with a different visual aesthetic and a color palette for her business. She kept the name of the business the same, but we went back to the drawing board and designed a new logo, new business cards, new signage. I'm happy to announce that we completed the redesign yesterday And I am thrilled that her new look, her new new look, (laughs) is as gorgeous and inviting as the original design was. Whether you are developing a personal writing brand, or like my client, you're developing a brand for a brick and mortar business, it is important that you do your due diligence before and during the creation of your brand. Now, this is something that a lot of writers don't even think about doing or they're not sure how to go about doing it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And in future episodes, I'm going to go into greater detail on how to develop a brand identity. 
This is an area that I do a lot of one-on-one coaching in, and I'm also preparing to launch some online training on this very topic. But today, I'm going to give you an overview of some of the foundational pieces that you need to put in place when developing your brand. The first thing we're going to do is to define what the term due diligence means when it comes to your brand. So here's our first word nerd moment for the day. What is due diligence? Well, that means that you analyze the risks that are going to impact your ability to build a successful brand. So you need to know what sets you apart from your competitors in the industry in terms of the way you operate, in terms of how many clients you work with and how you work with them, in terms of the types of products and services and programs that you offer, your pricing, the area in which you operate, and that could be the geographic area or just kind of the general uh, thematic area in which you operate, how many team members or employees you have, your revenue, and your brand aesthetic. Analyzing the risks that are going to impact your ability to build a successful brand is what's referred to as due diligence or branding due diligence. We have another word nerd moment coming up right now, and that is brand aesthetic. What does that mean? And aesthetic is spelled A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C. A brand aesthetic is when everything about your brand looks, feels, and works in such a way that it attracts your ideal audience and gives them a positive experience. Here's where I see a lot of writers struggling as they seek to develop their brand. The look and feel of their brands is, let's just say, somewhat haphazard. And instead of giving the ideal reader a positive experience, it's doing just the opposite. It's giving them a negative experience. And we don't want that to happen. Your brand persona starts with knowing exactly who the audience you serve is. In the case of your writing, the audience you serve is rarely the world or everybody in the world. It is a very small subset of the world. I have talked a lot about knowing who your ideal target audience is on this podcast, and I will continue to talk about it because in my mind, it is the single most important foundational piece of developing your brand. If you want to get some more information about finding and refining your ideal target audience, I recommend that you go back and listen to these two episodes. Episode number 14, which is titled, Everyone's Favorite Radio Station. Are you tuned in? And this is a very short five-minute episode that is going to really help you set your business up for success. And then episode number 29 is six strategies to plan your brand campaign. So that takes what we're going to be talking about here today, and it takes it another step or two further. Also, I do have an inexpensive paid training. It's an audio training that comes with a workbook, and it is called Finding Your Ideal Target Audience. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. To recap, your brand persona begins with identifying and knowing exactly who your ideal target audience is, who is the person that you serve. Next part of your brand aesthetic is your design styles. And that is, how do you want your ideal audience to feel 
when they think about your brand. There are several different styles of visual brands that you can choose from. There's kind of the classic, there's retro, whimsical, there's a minimalist brand. And today I was just looking online and I saw a maximalist brand. They had a minimalist and a maximalist compared side by side, which I found really interesting. There's the rustic feel, the elegant feel, which is the feel that my client that I was just describing to you went with. She went with an elegant looking logo. There's the handcrafted feel. So there are many, many different design styles that you can go with, which is how you want your audience to feel when they think about your brand. And this is something that we'll go into this classic retro, whimsical. Uh, We'll go into the different types of design styles in another episode. For now, I just wanted to kind of introduce you to that. So you have your design styles. That is the visual look of your content that establishes your brand's mood, the tone, the style, the personality. Now, included in that aesthetic or that design style are several key things. You have your typography, your color palette, and icons. So let me introduce you briefly to those three things. The typography is simply which type fonts you use and how you use them. The fonts need to work together, not compete against each other for the user's attention. Second, you have the color palette. That is the combination of colors that you use consistently in every piece of content that comes from your business. Eventually, people are going to see your color palette and they'll go, oh, that's Blogging Bistro or oh, that's, you know, so-and-so, that's my brand. Then we have icons. Now by icons, uh, that's usually part of the logo and it's kind of a visual representation that's in the logo. I'll give you a few examples so you know what I'm talking about. Apple, they use the icon of an apple, kind of a no-brainer there. Nike, they have the Nike swoosh. Target, they use the red and white bullseye. So is there an icon that you can use that represents the mood or the tone or the style or the personality of your brand. Okay, so those are some things that you need to keep in mind in terms of design styles. Next, when you're doing your due diligence, like my client did, you need to identify your competitors. There are two main types of competitors. There are direct competitors and indirect competitors. A direct competitor, like my client discovered, is another business who offers the same service or products, they're in the same geographical area, and they target the same audience and serve the same needs. That's a direct competitor. You also want to identify indirect competitors. And those are people who offer the same or similar products and services, but they serve a slightly different need and or they target a different audience. Identify direct and indirect competitors and decide how you are going to set your brand apart from those competitors. How do you go about researching direct and indirect competitors? Well, here are seven tips to get you started. Number one, 
Google it. <laughs> That's my go-to. If I am needing to research something and I need to learn something about something or how to do something, I Google it. One of the things that you want to start by doing is to search for your own business name, your own brand name. And this is for those of you that are thinking about starting up a brand or starting a business, and maybe you haven't decided on the name for it yet. So search for your business name or your brand name, and then also search for terms that are related to what you do, not necessarily just the brand name itself, but things that are related. Secondly, look at Google Ads. So when you're there at the Google search engine, you'll see the paid ads that come in with the search results. As you do your search for your business name and your brand name and things that are related to what you do, look to see who's advertising and then jot down the keywords that you notice that they are using in their ads. Because chances are that those keywords that are being used in advertisements are also keywords and phrases that you can use as you develop your own brand. Or you may choose to use different words than your competitor. So this is just really good information to have on hand. Number three, Look at reviews, Google reviews, Yelp reviews. Look at what happy customers are saying about your competitors. And more importantly, look to see what unhappy customers are saying about them. People who are complaining and whining and giving them one-star reviews. And then ask yourself, how can I set myself apart from my competitor? How can I fulfill the needs of this unhappy customer who's giving them a negative review? How can I do better? Number four, look at their website. That's their home on the web. When you get to their website, you're going to get a ton of information about your competitor. Look at their logo, look at their colors, look at their brand aesthetic, look at the name of the business, look at the style that they're using, the feeling that they're trying to convey, the typography, the color palette, all those things that we already talked about. Number five, social media. Search for your brand's username as well as your competitor's brands. Do a little bit of cyber stalking here, ethical cyber stalking. Check out their pages. Check out their profiles. What sorts of things are they posting about? What is their brand aesthetic? Is that brand aesthetic consistent between their website and their social media profiles and other areas where they may have a presence both online and offline? Number seven, Check out trade publications, blogs, and podcasts in your industry or your niche. This is going to help you to track trends. It's going to make you aware of any newcomers and any up-and-comers who are just landing on the scene. It is going to help you become aware of your competitors and what they're doing that works and doesn't work. And number seven, check Amazon. And this is particularly important for those of you who are writers and those of you who are thinking of publishing books. Before you start writing the book or before you give it a title, search for the title that you want to give your book. Search for the theme. Search for the genre. See what else is going on out there in your genre. See if any other books already are using the same title as your book. If that's the case, you know, you may want to keep it the same or you may want to change the title. So there's a lot of information out there that you can learn about your competitors that are going to give you positives and negatives that will help you to make some important decisions about your own brand's aesthetic. So follow those seven tips as you 
begin or continue developing your brand persona. It is really fun to do. Yes, it is a challenging and time-consuming and thought-provoking process, but I know that you are going to find it well worth it over the long haul to put the work in in setting up these foundational things. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode of the Professional Writer Podcast. You'll find the show notes and a transcript at bloggingbistro.com. And I want to invite you to join the Professional Writer Podcast Community Facebook group. That is a safe place where you can come to discuss what you've been learning on the podcast, to meet many of our podcast guests, to ask questions, and to encourage other writers. And again, you'll find the link to join that community in the show notes at bloggingbistro.com. I look forward to seeing you again next week.